If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is great to be with you. I'm Jeff. Tom Lang across the other side of the glass, as they used to say in old school radio. Director Matthew from his humble abode, directing affairs. You're, you, you're listening to us, and that we are grateful for and appreciate. I hope I say it enough because I mean it. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Today is Balls McWednesday. And a little over a week, we're watching... College football involving Florida State University. Today, I watched Florida State practice. I'll tell you this much. The heat and the intensity and the focus of one Mike Norvell can be felt by all at those practices, as it should be. A sense of urgency. Uh, And I think that uh, coaches and players understand uh, that they had best be Locked in when practices start. That message has been uh, resonating segment to segment, period to period at these practices. I don't think he'd mind me saying that, but there is a level of intensity that has certainly been ratcheted up, and that's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It should be because, honestly, uh, it's go time. Today was a day that they treated like a Tuesday of game week. Mike Norvell said that uh, at the end of practice today when he addressed us. He said that we implemented the first game week Tuesday. I wanted guys to get a feel of what that's going to look like, what that's going to feel like, how they need to prepare, what they need to focus on. And, you know, when you when you start doing game week stuff, you're it's everything from how you're getting guys on and off the field and the manner with which substitutions take place. And really, it's it's a bunch of attention to detail because you are not only installing, but you are getting your personnel to understand uh, the pace with which things have to happen, 
the verbiage uh, that they need to be alert to, and I think everything in between, obviously. And and we're talking about now the attention to detail of a game, and he wanted to replicate that one. You know, we we've said since he arrived that it was abundantly clear that Mike would not lose his job for lack of attention to detail. He could lose it for other reasons, and not. You know, there's there are very few coaches that are perfect at everything. So there's always, even the best coaches, there's always something that you could look to in retrospect if things didn't work and say, I bet they wish they had this to do over again. Or I wish, I bet they wish they had done or chosen a different path with this personnel or this segment group or whatever it might be. But they also always have their strengths and those become abundantly clear if you're lucky enough to cover practice and we are. Uh, and so early on, I think we all saw that Mike was never going to lose his job because he wasn't prepared, that he wasn't paying attention to the details. That was never going to be the case. And uh, that is the case most assuredly now. And I think there's a little added emphasis, a little more oomph. How could there not be? How could there not be? This is a place that hasn't seen a winning season in a handful of years. There's no way that you could look at this season the way you look at the season before the season before. When you arrive and you inherit a nightmare a lot of what you're doing is built around cleanup and repair it is instilling a way of doing things it is messaging it is ridding yourself of toxins it is all of that stuff right but at some point that has to turn into and translate to Obviously, not only an upgrade of talent through recruiting, but wins on the field. And the wins on the field are the thing. They're the everything. And now I think certainly everybody expects that, knows that it has to happen, because without it, you cannot improve the other facet of your program that has to get better, and that is that is recruiting. Without the wins, the recruiting will stagnate even more than it has already, and you will not have a chance to see it through. And he's going to want to see it through. And I'll tell you a lot of reasons why besides money. There's been a lot of an, of an investment uh, of emotion. I should say there's been an investment of emotion and time and energy and focus and all of that. And I've said before, I think it comes from a good place. He was raised by football. A single mom in football, right? That's him. That's who he is. He gets the importance of football to these young men and how it can transform their lives and all that. So he wants that to happen. He wants to be there for that, he wants to see it through. And you get paid a lot of money. The longer you keep that job, the more money you make. That's all well and good. But he's also done a good job, and Tom brings this up often, and I think he's right about this, certainly. Because they've had to swim in a certain pool. They've had to swim in a pool of players that don't reside in the richest neighborhoods of talent, but rather... The, 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 the group just below that. They've had to identify the up-and-coming three-star that will be a four-star, the low-level four-star that could become a five-star, the guy that fits the system well and is willing to put in the work and has the right frame and energy and focus and can affect his fellow players of that group in a positive manner, right? They've had to find those guys, and they've done a good job of that. In particular, where they've done a good job of that is this offensive line. And when I watched, and I did very closely today, when I watched the intensity of those one-on-one battles between the offensive line and the defensive line, and then when they go 11-on-11 and 7-on-7, when you watch that and you go player-to-player, backup-to-backup, you have a lot of reasons to be very excited. And Mike's going to want to see that play through. I promise you that because he's got some hosses 
at that position, and he hasn't, not to this degree, certainly, at any point since he's arrived. This is the first year where that is abundantly clear that the starter is better, that he's capable, not elite, but capable. But the backup's potential is much greater than that of the starter. They're just not ready. They need another year to get bigger and stronger and understand it, right, and work together. But if you can get to that place, if you can make it last long enough that you can see their careers into their juniors and senior seasons, they're going to have a lot up front to be excited about and to change the dynamic of their offense with and to win a lot of football games. And that stood out again today, and it really has the entirety of this camp. I think that's the the takeaway for me is that that group is finally on the cusp of being something more than serviceable, something that is better than average. I don't know that they're better than average this year. They're probably not. And by the way, don't overlook that. If they are average this year, it'll be the first year they've been that since he's arrived. It'll be the first year they've been that dating back five, six years ago. They haven't been capable of even reaching the descriptor of average And I think this year they can be average, but they can be good next year. They can be very good in two years. I think you agree with me on that. They've got guys there, finally. They do, and I think they've already got a couple of options to be their seventh or eighth offensive lineman. The question is, when we get to November, do you have 10? You know, Is it to a point where a couple of the young bucks are ready to go, and and they've gotten the training, and they understand the speed, and the processing of the game is not too fast for them at moments. Their technique can hold. Even though their mind is going faster, their technique holds where it needs to because that's where a lot of these guys that are on campus right now can already complete the assignment one time. But then you get an adjustment Mm -hmm. or then it's rep after rep after rep and you're running at a different speed than you're used to. Mm -hmm. Can you do it 5 out of 6? Can you do it 9 out of 10? It's too much right now. In November? Maybe it might be. Maybe, Maybe it might be Nine out of ten. I think, and August you're, you're happy with what you got. Yeah, I would say August of next year is the goal for those guys. Well, most of them, yeah. but I think one or two might be able to speed up a like Charlton. I think, and Armella specifically, our guy Charlton first, and then Armella second might be guys that you could rotate in later on in the year against, say, Louisville or, or sorry, uh, Louisiana, and maybe for a full court, you say, Beck, all right, I see what you're working with now. Yeah, I don't know that don't, you could do it this soon, yeah. no matter the opponent. Right. No matter the opponent. Yeah. yeah. But in November against a lesser opponent, you might be able to rotate a guy in, keep the shirt, and say, look at this. This is what we got coming next. Yeah, and it's yeah, you're right. Keep the shirt is the key. Like don't you don't you don't play him any more than the four games that you're allotted. And and if you wanted to give him a lot of reps, you would hope it would be in the second half of a game like that against Louisiana. If Louisiana takes the step back from where they were the last two years which I would suggest they will since a lot of their best players got raided, picked off after Napier left to take the Florida job, including by Napier. <laughs> but but Texas took a couple. LSU took one that's a really good player. So they a lot of the guys have been picked off. So if they are down and Florida State's up big and you could do that, yeah, sure, I'm with you. Even Syracuse to a degree. I, I well, think, again, it, but you got to be in position to be winning by a lot in those games. So that would also mean that a lot of other things are going right and we're smiling to begin with. But I just think that two of them don't look like the others in terms of contributors sooner. I think Kanaya is actually the closest to being able to contribute today if there was an emergency. I think Armella is second, and I think then there's a gulf between that and the rest of them. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be good players in a year or two because next spring's camp, 
with the guys that they've got coming back oh, on the interior. Let it get heated, buddy. Oh, let buddy. it get heated. For years, you're going to see Tafasi and Sap and Woody go to battle well, up the middle. Yeah. That's going to be fun. It will be fun. And there are some hosses. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I get excited about when I go to practice these days. I don't need to see any more pitch and catch. Let's go. Let's get these big bitches hitting each other. That's what I want to see every day. And it, it's exciting because I used to watch those guys hit each other. And I'd go, he can't play. He can't play. That guy's going to have to start, but he can't play. He'll start, but he he's a bum. As soon as we can recruit over him, that'd be great. He can't play a lick. He's going to be a turnstile, but we're probably going to start him. That's what I used to do. I'd sit there and do that. And I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. At, a, at any one of the offensive line positions, I do not do that. Now, obviously, I have a personal opinion about it. every one of those players, and I share them with you frequently. And they're not always lovely descriptors no, no, of who not. those players are. But, but, but they're no longer, why is that guy here? He can't play. Yeah, I, I no longer automatically cringe when we start to talk about the offensive line off the air. Right. You know, right. Because if we're discussing the offensive line, I know what's coming. The last oh, five seasons, yeah. and I'm like, man, I can't change it. I, I don't know. If you're venting, just give me a vent alert. Yeah. Because I can't change that. No There's matter only... how much we talk through it, it can't be changed. But this year, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. There's only one player on the team that you know is probably going to be mentioned by – I won't do that on the air. I'm not yeah, going to please. do that to him. Well, he's not a starter, so it doesn't matter. There's only one player on the team that you know every time something happens in a practice and he's involved, I go, oh, Jesus. Yeah, Jordan Travis. <laughs> That's a joke. That's, That's a, joke. a joke. It's a joke. Joke alert. Everybody's yeah. too serious. Everybody's wound too tight right now. Uh, no, I, I, no, there's just a couple of guys where I'm like, still running him out there, are we? Okay. Okay. Probably should move along there. That's, it's not going to get better. Only a couple of guys like that. One in particular that I really, goodness gracious. Uh, I wanted to answer this question. I needed to answer this question. We should answer this question and celebrate it. Scott, you're damn right. Jeff, is the $1 promotion available next week? I think probably so, but I can't guarantee it. I'd act now, Scott. It is a dollar. You tell me you don't have a dollar this week, but you will next? What's another term for a dollar? It's a buck. Warchant.com on three, $1, one year. All this. If it were just the first five minutes of this show, you should pay a dollar. That or ten, but it's not. It's the whole show. If it was a different, <laughs> it's the whole show. It's wake up war chant. It's seminal headlines. It's daily practice reports. It's the in game, pre game, post game. It's the whole Mac Daddy every day. One dollar for a year. Warchant.com. So Scott, I love that you you gave me the opportunity. You served yep. up the softball, but buddy. You got a dollar. Scott is trying to make a six-inch putt right down the middle of the cup. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Don't fret. There, there, you know, it's a six-inch putt. You can yeah. make it a lot of different ways. Oh, He's man. trying to shave it to where. You close your eyes. What's the latest I can invest that dollar? It's a buck. It's a buck. If I was saying to you, Scott, this is gonna run you seventeen hundred dollars. You might say, "How's next Thursday look, Jeff?" I think I can come up with the the liquid seventeen hundred. Next Thursday, a week from tomorrow. But today's a little tough on me. I didn't know I was going to have to part with $1,700 today. Unless you're a homeowner, Scott, then you know. Then you know that those kinds of fees come out of nowhere on the regular. What's that little crack? What is that? I should have somebody come out and look at that. In the back of your mind, 
all you hear is the house genie going, ha, 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 you sorry bastard, I got you. It's going to be $16,000. That's what that crack represents. It represents the $16,000 that you're going to have to part with tomorrow when you bring that so-called expert out here. That's what owning a house is. And we're looking for one. One. We need $1 out of that $16,000. One sixteen-thousandth for a year. So quick on the math, Tom. It's crazy. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's been a long time. Saw this live in Atlanta many, many moons ago now. Crazy to think about. Crazy to think about. Uh, welcome in, Jeff Cameron Show. Balls Wednesday, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. I think there was another question in there somewhere that I was going to get to. Uh, somebody asking something uh, of us. I can't give you great details about Winston Wright, but he was addressed today in the post-game, uh, post-practice, Michael, by the head coach, so I'm allowed to speak on it. And he said that he thought Winston Wright was coming along uh, right on schedule, and he was very pleased with the work he's being able to put in. Uh, I don't think you'll have a problem with me saying this. Um, that is that um, he was out there today in the heat with everybody else. And, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, I'll just tell you, I think he really is coming along. Uh, again, I, I'll let the head coach there do the talking about that. I'm not telling you when he's coming back. I don't know that. I don't have that information. Well, it's, he's I, right on schedule. Yeah, that, that's, that's when he's coming back. Well, I mean, the point is, it's uh, listen. When you got a guy out there who, in the off season, we all know was involved in a serious car crash, just public knowledge. At one time, it looked like the injuries were significant enough that his season was in jeopardy. That too is something that was. Widely speculated about, and for good reason. It was a very serious accident. Uh, knock on wood and lucky that everybody came out of that thing okay and that he's going to be all right. Um, you know, in life, he's going to be okay, right? That's what the that's the first sigh of relief that we had. Then it became selfish. Then it became selfish for us as fans. Nothing wrong with admitting that, by the way. Uh, you don't have to be crass, but you can say, well, is he going to be able to play football again? I'm glad he's okay. I mean that legitimately. But also, uh, what's the status on the football there? What's going to happen with that? Because we brought him in primarily due to the vast amount of experience he would bring to this receiving core. His ability obviously speaks for itself. But if you have a player who a year ago in a Power 5 conference had over 60 receptions and was productive like he was from the slot, then you know you're infusing a ton of game experience, Power 5 game experience, into a receiving core that desperately needed it. And so that's a logical question to ask. And, you know, then we heard that he was further along in his uh, rehab. This is before practice started, before the start of fall practice. Then one would have guessed right after the uh, car accident. 
That was really good news. He posted that on his own social media account. Everybody could see that. That was public knowledge as well. Getting after it in the pool and doing all that kind of stuff. Looked like he was, you know, engaged in uh, hardcore rehab in, in, in trying to push the envelope. He, he recognized that he wanted to come back this season. And um, to hear Coach say today and to see with my own eyes him out there working with the team, not in drills, but just working, hey, man, that's exciting. That's something we should celebrate and get excited about. I don't know what it means as far as when he'll play. And that was not addressed by Coach Norvell today. Uh, but if your question is, is he making progress and looking good, yeah, the answer is yes, he's making progress and looking good. Well, look, the update is originally he was out indefinitely in the short term, and now he's coming along right on schedule. Now, if you'd like to know what the schedule is, I'm going to tell you, yeah, well, he's on it. He's right on schedule. So that's when he'll be back on schedule. <laughs> By the way, Jeff, Coach Norvell did you a solid letting you know tomorrow will be mainly special teams. Yeah, I was there. I was standing next to him when he did that. I don't know. I haven't seen the video, but I was uh, standing there next to him when he said that, and I went, duly noted, I will not be here. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as the tomorrow is going to be uh, emphasis on special teams, I went, all righty then. Got some running around. I got to get an oil change. Got some things I got to do in the morning, Tom. Now is the time. Whatever you got to do. Knock it out. You got until like next Wednesday. And I'm talking for the whole staff here. But if you don't get it done by about close of business next Wednesday, you're pretty well screwed. You might have some time in the first bye week, that Thursday or Friday. Outside of that, you're on lockdown. So Today I I talked with a a friend uh, of ours, and uh, he was talking about plans for that uh, first week and you know, while we were having the conversation, just as what I said yesterday and Monday, the dialogue, it suddenly presses upon you the immediacy, the suddenness of things. Uh, it is it is no longer this, hey, when this comes around. It's like, yo, next week, when are we doing this? What time are we meeting for this? When we go to Hotel Indigo to set up cameras, speakers, the table from which we'll be sitting and broadcasting from overlooking Doak Campbell Stadium, the food arrangement, the 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 beverages, man, all that stuff, like standing there doing that with them and, and walking through that as you and I did this week and then having another conversation about what other stuff we want, uh, the happy hour shows that Corey and I are going to be doing from Corner Pocket on Fridays, the home weeks, all that stuff. It's like it, it's this is it. It's on. Yeah, it's next Thursday, we're going to do a test run, so that'll be fun over at Hotel Indigo in preparation for uh, War Chant Game Day presented by Zaxby's because they've got the whole thing. We're going to roll it out. We're going to do all the announcements, folks. Mm -hmm. You're going to be covered. Jeff has already told you when we do the Buck promo. Yeah. But uh, it's pregame, in-game, postgame. It's all of it. Every game day. But we got to go through our setup next Thursday from the rooftop at Hotel Indigo overlooking Doe Campbell Stadium. It's a good thing. It's It's a fun setup. That's a fun mock video or mock segment to do and it might just be good enough that it's not mock at all it's real and you might see it that's possible that's one week from tomorrow we're doing that yeah it's correct yeah you said next wednesday yeah you're, no, you're no, too busy i'm too busy i can't be bothered i <laughs> uh, got the golf show tonight golf show next week right makes it Man. difficult yeah my man, Will Zalatoris, got that win. Trey was dreading it today. He was like, uh, I'll see you tonight. I'm sure you're going to talk about the big Will Zalatoris. I was, oh, you don't you know. I've been waiting on this day. And we all knew it was coming, Trey. 
We all knew it was coming. How about that put on 18? Where'd he go? Wake? He did go to Wake. Yeah, so Wake Forest zone. That's how you should lead tonight. So Trey has to wince. Yeah, I should. Uh, But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, by the way, I just want you to know, just as an aside, just a friendly, you and I are talking here. I had Will in my lineup last week, and I won won my pool. I'm sure you did. I don't always. There are certain courses Will does not perform on. But many of them he does. He's very consistent. He's a lot like Sam Burns. That dude is a cut-making Jesse, a top-ten Jesse. That's what Sam Burns is. If you got a guy, if you're a little uncertain out there, and you're saying, well, I need one last guy on my team, but I need to know he's going to make the cut, and I need to know there's a good chance he's going to finish in the top, top 25. Sam Burns is your man. Little LSU sp- zone. Little Sam Burns for that ass. That's always a good pick. Anyhow, that's an aside. Uh, I was trying to get through as many of these as possible because people are excited and – I'm, I'm, I'm. It's fair game out here today to talk uh, about what we're seeing and having fun with this. All right, it's, it's, it is. You got some questions? You fire away. Fire in away. That chat. Have some fun with it. No, fire it away in the chat. I'll get to some of these. I, I uh, there was something about, uh, just basically there were questions about where we're at at certain positions. And Charles, did Charlton lose some weight? Uh, you're right when you say that he'll be very good when he gets his body right. He's going to get his body right, and he has good reps out here. Uh, he had good reps today. Yep. And I like that kid a lot. He's part of that group that I'm telling you we should all be very, very excited about because they've got some players. They're finally working with better clay. They're molding stuff out of better clay, man, better quality clay. And that's a reason to get excited because uh, the potential of what those guys can be in a year or two is, is, is very real. Well, what's crazy is how agile he is even with the weight. And that was apparent in spring. And he was he was way heavier, way more out of shape for college football than he is currently at present. He's yeah, in he better too, shape than he was, he was in big. spring. He was way too big. But even in spring, with all that bad weight, you could see the footwork, which is something that they love here, is agility from offensive linemen. They love to get out, create, pull, power, counter, pin, whatever you want to call it. The football nerds can argue over the terminology, but they love to do it, move their offensive linemen. He's going to be able to do it at a really big weight. That's what you want is the combination of the size to move people around straight ahead, but then also the agility. If you get going with that frame, buddy, that's the makings of a good player. Yeah, God help you if you're in the secondary and that guy gets to that level. Well, I mean, Matias and uh, Trey Jackson used to do that. Yeah, yeah, people would just be running and hiding. That's not good. You don't want 330 coming up uh, on you. That's a toughie. Uh, Kurt writes, so Jeff slash Tom or the gallery, anybody out here, anybody, do you think we can slash will beat FSU? I think we have a good chance to do it. Certain people are chalking it up as an automatic L. I think we'll be in the game in the fourth quarter. Writes Kurt. Well, Kurt, I certainly think it would be foolish for me to tell you that Florida State has no chance to beat LSU. Of course they have a chance to beat LSU. Do I think we will? I haven't seen LSU's practices. It's awfully hard before the season begins when you're talking about, and this is not a cop-out, when you're talking about a new head coach, a new coaching staff, and a roster that has been flipped to a large degree. um, It makes it very difficult to say with any certainty that we're going to win that game or lose that game. I, I... I can't say either with any great certainty. And and that that's, I hate that. That's a non-answer to you. But I like that we're playing LSU early in the season and not late in the season because if we're talking about personnel, I still believe, and I've gone down that roster, 
whether it's a wide receiver or the defensive end or the linebacker or the corner, they've got some hosses that are better than our hosses. They have, I think, a roster of better players than Florida State. So you want to play them early, not later, when they round into form. Yeah, I just wonder about their weak points. Do they match up with our strengths? And I think one of them does. They've got a freshman left tackle that's going to be playing. I don't care that we've got a transfer player and he looked good in spring. I don't care. It's still a freshman, and it's your first game. you got to work on some nerves there that we don't necessarily have to, especially when you talk about the full rotation that we have at defensive end. If they're starting a young underclassman in the interior of the offensive line against Cooper and Lovett, huge advantage for us. Well, without If their question. quarterback is inconsistent hitting the broad side of a barn well that mitigates their number one receiver strength over what might be considered to be a weak point for us which is if they match them up against our third best corner or something like that but if you don't have a quarterback who can hit that throw then now the defense looks even better so it's it's tough to know i think michael's take was alert lsu is one of the biggest unknowns in college football to start this season they really are that's true and that's why i can't say with any certainty that we will or will not win that game i will say that i agree with you you're looking for matchups they're doing the same because they have a star defensive end that's going against one of our two tackles we know who those tackles are and i can tell you they're not elite so i will be somewhat nervous about that matchup obviously this is i i, I again i've been of i've been inclined and i've said this before I'm inclined to take the under in this football game. The problem with bets in general the first week of the season is how are those games going to be played? Are they really penalty-laden slop fests that allows neither team to get into any sort of rhythm? There's a lot of missteps. It's a convoluted disaster. You see games like that, even from good teams. Like, I would argue because the talent was sizable on defense for both teams last year, the Georgia-Clemson game was unwatchable. A lot of that was terrible offense. Yeah, yeah. Of course there were elite defenses on the field. But as the year went on, while we recognized that Georgia was going to get better and better, better offensively to go along with that defense, Clemson, you assumed, would have done the same. We thought we thought. Little did we know the answer to that was, no, no, they're not. They're not going to get better. The kid at quarterback's not going to get better when he sees teams defensively that aren't as good as Georgia. You know, like, how are you supposed to know that? Because the only time you'd seen DJ, he lit it up against Notre Dame in a huge game. So you had no reason to think he was going to suck. There was no reason to think that. But you can't know that first week of the season. It's very, very difficult. You can look at draftable personnel. You can project based on the makeup of a roster, four and five stars as opposed to two and three stars, that somebody has more talent than the other. But until these things gel and you begin to notice it in week two, week three, it's hard to get a read on teams. So that's why I have a hard time answering that question. I don't think that there's an appreciable difference in week one, if you will, of the season uh, between Florida State and LSU. I don't think it's that significant. Right. Yeah. I think, yes, if they've got a talent edge, and you're saying unequivocally they do, it's mitigated by the fact that they're trying to break in a whole bunch of new philosophies. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I think the upper limit of what LSU is is not as far out of reach as it used to be for Florida State right now mm-hmm. because this roster is more solid. I don't know that we have a ton of standouts and playmakers. For, for example, ESPN today released their top 100 college football players in the country. Florida State doesn't have one of them. We don't have one top 100 player in the country on that list. Now, that's one outlet's opinion, but whether or not you agree with that, you've got a lot of solid players. It's no longer you've got one dude or two dudes, and then the rest of it is you better hope that they don't get hurt. 
they're more solid across the board. Yeah. And that's what their identity is going to have to be this year. I don't think it's going to be about trying to win awards at the college football award show later in the year in December. No, there's not on the surface there's not one of those players that you say Oh, that guy is a game changer. That guy is one of the most electric players in college football. On the surface, right. there's really nobody like that uh, on this team. Fabian or Coop, I think, are your candidates to make that list. But I don't know. Again, I don't even know that they're well known enough within the ESPN ranks to be put in the top 100. But if you're going to rank our best player, who is our best player? Is it Fabian? Probably. I think Fabian's probably the best player. I mean, if you're talking about the degree to which you would rank him within that segment group like and I don't mean just here I mean in the ACC right. so like Fabian Lovett would it would surprise nobody if Fabian Lovett's a first team all defense all defensive tackle I mean first team ACC defensive tackle if, if he is that you would not be surprised you go okay now right. Clemson's got a guy that will win that three. award yeah yes there, there are others that probably are favored above Durden him. is going to be in there of course yeah. and he could have been here but the the point is it would not. He's that kind of talented that you wouldn't be like, "Oh, really, Fabian Lovett? What a turnaround!" Nobody would say that because he's good. He's legitimately good, upper echelon. I don't know that there's anybody else that I would look to. Trey Benson, if he's healthy and ready to roll and and as explosive as we've seen him be, they're going to share so many carries in that backfield because they have some depth there that is really a, a yeah. good situation. So I don't know that he could be a guy in that way. Like, Is he going to do better than Will Shipley is? Probably not. If you're talking about all-conference, I mean, Jamie could if he has turnovers to go with the tackle count. But he I don't know. Tatum could. Bethune might have a ton of tackles because he is now on the roster, and so therefore a lot of those tackles around line of scrimmage are 15s and not 10s anymore. I prefer not to see a safety lead the team in tackles. That's just me. I don't think it's a great sign. Even in the era of hybrid defenders, I would rather have a linebacker lead the team in tackles, but may, maybe Tatum could be that guy. Tatum Bethune might. He's an uber-productive linebacker. He's going to amass numbers. He's got great instincts. He's he's fast for his size. He's thorough. He's complete as a player. And what I'm saying, like if you look at technique and you look at the understanding of the position, then you look at the physicality to go along with. Yeah, he's got all that. Look, Wyatt Rector is not going to win no. you know, a track meet. No. no. But he's not he's slow. Not, he's not going to win any awards either. No, no. But here's it's a Tatum Bethune point. <laughs> okay. He's, yeah, I'm not putting him I'll in say, this list. Wait, talk, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop you before you get started. Yeah. So yesterday there is a, a situation, I'll keep it general, in which Tatum just doesn't have the angle to cover Rector. It's just the way that the, the whole drill was set up. And my man hawks him down in a way that is really impressive. And yes, I'm a little bit biased because they were running towards the sideline that I was standing on. So, therefore, you feel it you more feel than you would if you were heat. up at Hauser. Yeah. But I was just so impressed because I went back and, and they did have the screen and I could see how far away was this player mm -hmm. when the ball was being caught. The closing speed of 15. We talk about the suddenness around the lining scrimmage. I don't know how he's going to cover a slot receiver if they isolate a matchup or a running back. That's a really hard matchup for any linebacker. But the closing speed of 15 is something that I'm starting to gain a more appreciation for, and, and that could be something that leads to tackle counts in the dozens you know, for each game, somewhere in that range, dozen to teens, that see him 110 tackles after the season's over. And if you rack up enough of those with a couple fumble recoveries or an interception, now you're talking about second-team All-ACC or first-team All-ACC kind of honors. Jennifer, that's a good question. I don't know. That's a way to put us on the spot. I like that. Let me think about it during the break. Josh I Farmer. Really? I mean, yeah, you just you gonna say that? Okay. Well, we'll answer it when we come back. Um, but I, I like your question. I do. Now you got me thinking through the break. 
But before we go to that break, you should know about Orange Theory Fitness, scientifically backed and proven to work. Interval training is what they use at Florida State and other places for off-season conditioning. Certainly, uh, you get your heart rate way up, then you bring it back down, then you push and pace and fast and you know all outs and all that good stuff. They also have the weights there, too, for those that want to get after it. Of course, I love the rowing because that's a full-body workout as well. So it is that I tell you, Orange Theory Fitness, two locales. First workout's always free. Go find out for yourself. You don't have to just trust me. Get in there. They are more than helpful. They'll thoroughly explain everything that they do, how they do it. You sign up, and when you get that heart rate monitor, that first month is free. So get after it. You're going to want that. It's a great workout, and it leads to more energy, more life, as they like to say on a daily basis. That's important. We all want that. We're all busy people. It's a good way to stay in shape during the heavy season. It is about to be the heavy season, guys. You know how it gets when it gets dark early. And the beers are flowing because the games are plenty. You're going to need that balancing act. Orange Theory Fitness could be that for you as well. Two locations, one in Midtown and one on the north side uh, right over there by Fresh Market. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War Chant TV. Question was presented to us from Jennifer. If you guys could pick anyone to break the camp rock, who would it be? How would you judge that, first of all? Is it best player going into the season? Is it the person who exceeded your expectations? Most consistent player every day? What's your rule? Because their rule is probably about consistency and the measurements they have for the film and the the monitors they have, like the heart rate stuff. Well, they they have access to a lot more information than we do. We have the visual, but there's a lot more to measure. We we're not always aware, even when we're at practice, certainly, of a player's assignment in a certain formation, uh, a player's responsibility, let's say defensively in a certain formation, given an offensive look. Um, safety play is pretty intricate, by the way. I know that. And there are things you're asked to do that just visually off to the side, based on what the offense lines up in, especially in modern offenses, uh, that, you know, on the surface we may look at it and say he made a mistake and we could be wrong. So that's hard because I don't know what everybody's assignment is. And then, like you said, the instrumentation, they can go back and look. Mike, Mike brought it up today after practice and said that he was very impressed that yesterday – for as much as they've been, I sent that to you. Read it later. It's good. <laughs> I thought it was subtext. It was like, hey, I need something. Like, I need no, graphic, no, no, no. It's just a never funny mind. Thing. Yeah, that's funny. I saw the look on your face. Like, what did you? I got you. Uh, so, when you look at, you know, when they're looking at those numbers, he was excited that yesterday's practice. It, it was a hard practice too, by the way. Uh, that there were guys reaching numbers that 
they hadn't reached or that they were their top numbers even at this late date. So they are looking at that very closely to see who's busting their hump, who isn't, who's working to get better, who is getting better, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, it's a hard answer because I would likely try to marry a combination of who's a player that has put in the effort that has come the, the furthest, who's, who's put in the work to put themselves in a position to be a huge contributor, but that other players have seen really take on the responsibility and the work ethic and all that that requires and then had it translate on the field. Because I, other people were watching very closely when you make a pick like that. Um, who do you want to be the leader of your team? Oh, that's a different question, I think. It is, but I'm saying some people would look at it that way. Like, let's pick the guy that's going to be the unquestioned leader of this team. Well, in that case, a lot of people would tell you to pick Jordan Travis. I wouldn't. Uh, I think I would take Fabian. That's a stunner. I think I'd take Fabian Lovett, who every day brings it yeah, and dominates and loves to play, has a ton of energy, mm-hmm. gets guys hyped. Um, So, for example, there's another guy who fits that bill, but there's no way I'd let him break the rock, and that's Jared Verse. No chance he breaks the rock. I don't think he's been as consistent as some of the other names that you've you've mentioned so far and, and some of the other guys that we could mention. I initially said Josh Farmer. I might stick with that pick, in fact, because coming out of spring, I thought Malcolm Ray was without a doubt the third defensive end in the rotation because Malcolm was really good in spring. Well, Farmer's done that in the fall camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has had – because I and I'm biased because I don't see a ton of seven-on-seven seven work. So if there's a corner that's come on or, or something like that, there, there I'm not going to know. There isn't. I go over where the trenches are. But 44 every day. So I have a little system with like checks and signs yeah. and stuff. But I put an asterisk next to whoever has a really good rep. And there could be five in a row. If you have five amazing things in a row happen for five different players, then fine. But 44 always, it seems like, every day gets that mark. Fabian does too, but they I don't think they're working him as hard. I think that's fair to say. Oh, well, they know. They yeah. know what they have in him. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about maybe the best rep, for any lineman, offensive or defensive, in a given day, Fabian is minus money if you have a if you have a prop bet for him, if you got a board. But Farmer has been consistent. Every day I do that. 44 is in there, winning reps, and a lot of times winning them impressively. So he might be the guy. And he could be your third defensive tackle this year in terms of production and, and wow factor. Hopefully Malcolm Ray bounces back and, is, and, and it's neck and neck, but I thought Farmer's come a long way this camp. I think offensively, I would probably look uh, to Dylan Gibbons. Uh, works hard every practice, plays with a ton of energy, cares deeply, says and does all the right things. You don't notice him a lot in eleven on eleven, which means it means he's doing his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe Dylan Gibbons there on offense, and then defensively, I'd go. I I would go with Fabian Lovett. I think that's my guy. Him or yeah. Tatum Bethune, but probably Fabian. He's been here longer and done it. You know, a little. Bit. I don't know. I, I, I'd go Fabian. And then the underachiever on the offensive line, or or maybe below the radar for me, is Estes. I think you might agree with that. Well, you know I'm a big Estes fan, Same. and so are you. And yep. so, yeah, absolutely. He's done a good job. He may end up demanding that you play him. Mark it seems could. to think yeah. Mark seems to think that, uh, judging what, what Norvell said yesterday, it would be Toafili. No chance. Zero chance it would be Toafili. If they did that, that's a mistake. All right. That'd be asinine. He's had a good camp. He's had a good camp. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not allowed to say anything else. It's, yeah, whatever. 
Uh, no, no chance that Tua Fili would break the run. Well, Mark, I hope you enjoy those Cheerios before <laughs> Jeff filled it up with something else. I, Mark, I'm just I'm trying to give you the real man. I mean, who are we kidding? Really? I think he's improved. Oh, okay. He'll make some plays okay. this year that he didn't last year, and you say, "Oh, I didn't know he had I'm that." I'm not in telling him. you he's a bad player. I'm just, come on, man. What are we talking about here? It make you make it what sound like doing? he's a bad. Nah, play. When you're saying a... no chance, it, it sounds like he's had a rotten camp. Mike's lying through his teeth. He stinks. Tua Fili's had a fine camp. There we go. All right, he's had just, a fine camp. We got goalposts now of where this is, it's where just, the reality you know, is. I mean, it, come on, it makes you laugh. I mean, when he says. You make me laugh. That's just ridiculous. Oh, and I'm not making fun of you, Mark. I'm making fun of Mike Norvell, who I love. Uh, but, I mean, come on. Laura's toe of feely. <laughs> I would name 17 players before I'd get to him about breaking that rock. 17. Maybe more. Well, since you're already in an ornery state, uh, where do you think the tight end room stands right now <laughs> against your expectations? <laughs> Because I think there's actually room to say, you know, it's not it's not the worst. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. That, that's how I feel. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No? Okay. Who do you, who do you think – who are they turning to? Uh, I think Mark Easton has more to his game that's suited for and ready for an actual ACC football game now than I thought he had in him. Okay. We agree. I think the tight end room is not good. But he has been a pleasant surprise in that room. But there, that's a... Well, before the preseason started, it was none of these guys should be on Scully at Florida State. I believe that was your take. Somewhere in there, it's not verbatim. Yeah, but... my take was none of these guys should be on scholarship at Florida State. It okay. was pretty close to my take. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there are a couple of guys that look like, you know what? They kind of belong. And 85 is one of those dudes. I will uh, tell you that I'm very impressed with the work to change who he is completely as a football player with Wyatt Rector. There's no t- – I mean, he is a legitimate tight end. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. A legitimate no, I mean, one. He's a leg- I mean, as in he was a quarterback that came right. here, and then he's turned into a tight end, and he can actually do things that tight ends do. It's not like Tim Tebow's sorry ass when he tried to play tight end and couldn't do anything that a tight end does. Nothing. So has he earned couldn't a scholarship? Couldn't couldn't run routes, couldn't catch, couldn't do anything that a tight end would be asked to do. Wyatt Rector can do those things. Has he earned a scholarship in your eyes, even though he already had one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's not a great room. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.